Hey, what's up? It's Chad Eddie with Semp Health Podcast. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about chapter three of The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Uh, we already started chapter three in episode seven, so you can go back to there and listen to the first part of chapter three. But in this part, I'll do it sort of a recap of the first half, and then I'm going to go into the second half. This is more or so a commentary on The Big Leap by me. And uh, I discuss what I like about it, some of the things that I have a problem with or take issue with. And, uh, but overall, I think it's a great book. So you hear a lot of that and how I'm applying it maybe in my own life. So uh, enjoy the listen. And by the way, I would love to hear from you. I see that my audience is growing, which is awesome. I I love to see uh, that people are listening to this and hopefully getting something out of this content that I'm putting out. I'd love to hear from you. So if you are listening to this from Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or uh, Spotify or a bunch of other places, I want to let you know something that you can go to anchor.fm slash sempehealth and you can leave a voice message for me that I will get and I can actually even put it into the next episode or into one of the episodes. So go to anchor.fm slash sempehealth and there'll be a little button there that you can click and leave me a message either with your phone, with your computer, with your tablet, with your iPad, iPod. I don't know if you're listening to this on your iPod. Um, or just uh, send me an email if you want. Chateddyatme.com. All right. Without further ado, here's chapter three, part B. So I'm going to start by just going over some of what we already went over in the last session. I'm on chapter three of The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And uh, yeah, I was just listening to the previous podcast episode a little bit, but I I just need to get caught (laughs) up on it. I need to get caught up on it. Um, So if you just listened to episode, I think it was seven. Well, guess what? You get just to have a little bit of a a refresher here. So the chapter starts out with Gay Hendricks likening uh, being aware of your upper limit behaviors is much like driving a car. And he talks about having benign vigilance. Um, And just the other day, or maybe a couple of weeks ago now, my, my son said to me, is it easy to drive a car? And I said, well, is it easy to walk? Is it easy to for you to play, you know, three blind mice on the piano? He says, yeah, that's easy. I said, but it wasn't always easy for you, was it? He says, I guess not. <laughs> and it's easy to drive, really, but it's not easy. <laughs> Driving isn't easy. Driving requires great skill. It requires great concentration. And we are so, um, so emotionally and mentally fixated on what we're doing we don't even realize it and that's why people get driver's fatigue right they like i i get exhausted after a day of driving even though i haven't done anything but sit on my butt staring out of a front windshield i get exhausted because really my mind my mental capacity is doing so much it's burning calories did you know that your mind is burning calories while you're thinking crazy to think that but anyways benign vigilance so you're you're not really thinking about thinking you're just thinking and you're not really thinking about reacting, you're just reacting. And it's the same thing he says about uh, learning how to identify your upper limit behaviors, is that you're aware of it, but you're not aware that you're aware of it. And that's where we want to get to so that 
when those um, when those triggers trigger, I think we we said that before. When those triggers trigger, when the the switch flips, we're aware and we go, oh, I need to change things. I need to bring things back into alignment. So he says um, he he used the verb upper limiting myself, something that you're doing to crimp the flow of positive energy. And we talked about positive energy and how uh, it's like a hose. And you can crimp that hose and just stop it. And often we do. We're like, no, you know what? Too much positive energy. I'll just stop it now. Um, and sometimes there's a pebble in the middle of the hose. And, and that pebble is stopping the flow of positive energy. Sometimes we put those pebbles in there. Sometimes we, we don't know that they're pebbles. Sometimes we think, oh, I'm doing this and it's going to enhance my life. But really what it's doing is it's, it's stopping the flow of positive energy towards us. Things like, uh, and he talks later about it, about uh, being on the golf course and people congratulating us or, or not. It does, does, doesn't even have to be a golf course. <laughs> it could be a good presentation at work or, um, you know, a good uh, whatever you do. Wow, you're such a good parent. And often we say things like, oh, well, yeah, not, I, I'm not that good. Or, or you should see me. You should see me at home. You know, if people say, <laughs> has this ever happened to you? Where people say, man, why do you keep your, you, you, you have a really good ability to keep your house really neat. And then you say something like, oh, man, well, you should see it during the week. It's not really this clean all the time. We, instead of accepting that and accept, instead of letting us ourselves rest in the flow of positive energy, we immediately divert it and go, ah, oh, well, you know. Not, not as good as you think I am. And uh, we crimp the flow of positive energy because we think that that's being humble. We think that that's being uh, reasonable with other people. And it's not because it's not being fair to ourselves. And if we're not fair to ourselves, how could we possibly be fair to other people? You know, the Bible talks about loving your neighbor as yourself. And the problem is, is that we often do. But we don't love ourselves very much. So we think, oh, well, I'm just putting myself on the back burner so I can love my neighbor more. Actually, that's not helping your neighbor at all. Because if you're not showing up as yourself, as your full self, then you're not loving your neighbor. And when I'm saying your neighbor, I mean your spouse. I mean your kids. I mean your, uh, your colleagues. I mean the people that you're put on earth to serve. You know, pastors do this. Pastors are like, well, I, I can't take care of myself because I'm taking care of my flock. Right? And, and meanwhile, their flock is like, well, thanks, pastor. But you know what? I'd rather you take care of yourself so that you could take care of us better. You know, oh, I don't have time to pray because I'm taking care of my flock. I mean, that sounds, you, you, you can see, you can see the, the problem with that, right? But what about a pastor who says, I can't eat right. I can't exercise because I'm taking care of my flock. Is, is that just as bad as I can't pray because I'm taking care of my flock? think so. Anyways, I, I think I might be getting off track. But these are all the ways that we crimp the flow of positive energy by putting these pebbles in the flow, thinking that we're doing a good thing, but they're really not a good thing. Other pebbles, and, and we talked about this as we left last time, um, are not good things. Uh, so worrying, worrying is a pebble that we put to into that hose of, of positive energy that that breaks the flow. We're like, no, don't want any positive energy. I'm just going to put a worry thought in there. Another one is criticizing and blaming others. Criticism and blame. 
or criticism and blame towards ourselves. Going, oh, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that again. It puts a crimp in the flow of positive energy. And then the last one that uh, we kind of talked about was conflicts and arguments. Um, oh, sorry. No, no, conflicts and arguments is another one. But it kind of goes along with criticism and blame, but it, it kind of takes it up a notch, doesn't it? Because it's not just about what the other person is doing wrong. It's more about, I just want to argue with you. I just don't want to have a pleasant conversation with you. I want to, I want to have it out with you. It, you know, it's, it's like when I was a teenager and if I'm honest, I'll say it's not just when I was a teenager, it still happens. And I would listen to uh, really aggressive music because that's the mood I'm in. I'm in a, I'm in an aggressive music kind of mood. And I just want to listen to that aggressive music and shout along and get angry and get upset and uh it's not a it's not a positive thing i was i was thinking about um or i was listening to something about vibrations and and frequencies and there is a frequency that is damaging right and there is a frequency and it's not just a a frequency it's not like 106.5 or something like that (laughs) if you're in bc you know what 106.5 is um it's not just a frequency but it's it's a it's a range, right? There's a positive frequency range, a higher frequency level that we can come to. And, and aggressive music, honestly, just doesn't bring us there. It doesn't. And some, but sometimes we just want to stew. We want to, I just want to be there. I just want to be angry. And whatever will help us to be in that negative energy is, is what we want, is what we crave. Our soul craves that negative energy. And there's a problem there. That's that's an issue. Um, I'm going to break and I'll be right back. See, that took like no time at all, right? So anyways, three ways that we break up that flow of positive energy by worrying, by criticism and blame, by arguments and conflicts, and by getting sick and hurting, or that's the fourth way, by getting sick or hurt. It's a pattern for many people when things are going well that they get sick or they get hurt. And we know people that they seem to be constantly sick. They seem to always be sniffling. They always seem to be congested. They always seem to be, um, you know, at, at home with a flu or home with kids that are sick, right? Um, people that are getting hurt all the time. People who are notoriously clumsy. It could be, and, and Gay Hendricks goes into... Um, goes to great pains to say it's not always <laughs> but it could be that it's an upper limit problem it could be that they're breaking off the flow of positive energy long before um, that positive flow of positive energy makes them feel too good about themselves or about life or about things in general often and I've, I've seen this and I can say this people who get sick a lot are not the most positive people in the world People who get sick a lot complain about being sick a lot. Do you notice that? Um, people who get sick a lot complain about a lot of things, a lot. And they they can't handle positive energy, positive flow of energy. Try to give somebody sick a cold. I mean, try to give somebody sick a hug. And um, and it, and it almost, it, it might it might freak them out. And they might just even like, take a step back and like recoil and say, Oh, don't come near me. I, I don't want to get you sick. 
And that can often become an excuse for not accepting that flow of positive energy. So anyways, getting sick or hurt a lot could be an upper limit symptom. Could be upper limiting yourself by getting sick. And and you might be thinking, well, come on, Chad. Like, come on. Like, I don't make myself sick. I get sick. And, and okay, okay. But are you a victim or are you in control of your life? And you might be thinking I'm taking this victim thing too far because, well, I'm not a victim, but I can't help when I get sick. Okay. Or I can't help if, you know, if um, there are sick germs around and, and I happen to get them on my hands, you know, I didn't wash my hands well enough and, and I get them on my hands and, and I, I taste food with it. And then the sick germs get in my, in my being, <laughs> And okay, but there are also a lot of other people that have the same sick germs around them that don't get sick as often as you do, right? What is it that they have that you don't? Well, a better immune system. Okay, what happened? Where does that immune system come from? And, and I'm saying that this is all interconnected. This is, it's all interconnected. Um, don't be a victim. Don't be a victim of disease. Don't be a victim of getting sick all the time. And again, I'm not saying that just because you might get sick. I might, I get sick sometimes. And, and honestly, yeah, sometimes it becomes I'm a victim or I'm because I'm, uh, because I'm victimizing myself. Sometimes it's because I just get sick and it happens, but don't just, just don't let it be a habit. Don't let it be a habit. Don't get, let getting sick be a habit. All right. So I think that's good. I think that's a good recap of what happened last time. I'm going to pause. Now we're moving into the next content, the three P's. He says, these are the three P's. And this might be number five, um, the fifth way we block the flow of positive energy. I'm not quite sure. He wasn't quite clear on that, but there are the three P's. It's punishment, prevention, and protection. Punishment, prevention, and protection. And this is these are ways that we bring ourselves back down out of the flow of positive energy with punishment, prevention, and protection. So punishment is when our activities are out of integrity. And we know that our, inte- our activities are out of integrity. And we punish ourselves for having committed something that's out of integrity with ourselves. So this is where he goes into a story about this uh, this dude who um, decided that he's going to have an affair with his secretary at lunch times, and then after that he gets this massive migraine, and he he doesn't call uh, the therapist for dealing with the migraine. Instead, he calls or the affair. Instead, he calls the therapist to deal with the migraine, and through dealing with the migraine, realizes oh that's the result of the affair. So. It's because his body or his, not even his body, well, his body's part of it, but his soul maybe is punishing him for being out of alignment with his integrity. He knows that it's not right to have an affair. He knows that he's keeping secrets from his wife. He knows that he's, you know, damaging the reputation of his company. He knows that he's out of alignment with who he wants to be. And he's punishing himself for being out of alignment. And this goes into the, the sickness too, right? The headache, back pain. They could all be warning signs that you're out of integrity and you're bringing yourself out of that place of positive energy 
and bringing yourself into a place of negative energy because you're trying to punish yourself for something that you're doing. And I'm not saying that the affair is the positive energy and the headache is a negative energy. The affair is a negative energy, is, is negative, but it's because you're trying to sabotage something that's positive in your life. You know, often things like that happen and we wonder why, you know, you wonder and, and you know, in a, in a company that I'm part of, there are a lot of people who are very successful in the company. And when people, particularly women in this company, um, become very successful often, or maybe not often, but sometimes, <laughs> I'll just say sometimes, that's when divorces happen. That's when family disintegration happens. And it's not just because, oh, now she's making lots of money. She doesn't need him. He's not making as much. He's jealous of what she's making. Uh, they feel like there's a shift in their in their uh, marriage roles or their gender roles or whatever, and, and they can't handle it. It's not just that. I think that's part of it, but that's not the whole story. Another part of the story is this is really positive. This is really great. And we need to bring ourselves back down because we can't handle all this positive energy. So there's divorces that happen. There's separation. There's families torn asunder that happens because people are out of alignment um, or put themselves out of alignment in order to come, to come out of that flow of positive energy, out of alignment with integrity. So that's punishment. And then prevention and protection. He says, when you unconsciously prevent yourself from something you don't want to do or protect yourself from what you don't want to feel, when you're unconsciously preventing yourself from something you don't want to do or protecting yourself from what you don't want to feel, so um, if you get sick, it could be prevention or protection. I remember um, I was preaching at a church and I was actually just watching the video of this. I was preaching at a church about a year and a half ago. And I, I, I love preaching. I love to preach. But to be honest, I didn't feel particularly right to preach at that time. I didn't feel like my spirit, my heart, my relationship with God was at the place where I should be preaching. And, you know, you don't have to be perfect to preach. You don't have to be holy. You don't have to be a saint to preach. Um, but something in my, in my psyche was telling me something's off. Something's out of alignment. And I, I got up to preach and I, and I started by saying, hey guys, just so you know, I woke up this morning with no voice or I woke up yesterday morning with no voice. So, um, I might need, I might need you to have mercy on me. And then, um, as I was preaching, my voice got more and more hoarse until time came when I was just talking like this and I couldn't talk more than a whisper. And I was preaching to a crowd of probably 250 people and maybe three. And, uh, I mean, they were really, really gracious. And I think I got the message across. And it was a good message. It was a good message. Okay, it wasn't a bad message. But I think that, you know, going back through this, I think that that was an upper limit issue. I think that my hoarse voice, my not having a voice, I wasn't sick. I just didn't have a voice. It was bizarre. But looking at this and thinking back, going, huh, I wonder if I was preventing myself from something that I didn't want to do or protecting myself from what I didn't want to feel. And I knew that I was out of alignment spiritually. And I didn't really want to address that. I just wanted to preach. So um, often a lot of those uh, 
sicknesses, a lot of those diseases, a lot of hurting ourselves comes from those three P's, prevention, protection, and uh, punishment. Um, And that, then we do that in order to bring ourselves back out of that zone of, of genius, out of that flow of positive energy. So the next time, here's what he says. The next time you find yourself with a stomach ache, a throbbing head, or a stubbed toe, ask yourself if you might be upper limiting. And in those times, if you might be upper limiting, you need to expand instead of contract. Because what happens is that we want to contract. We want to come back into ourselves. We want to um, get smaller. We want to retreat, right? And, but what we need to do in those times is we need to expand. We need to grow out of it. We need to grow past it. And he says, under the pain might be an even more significant message. So you, you're about to learn something. You're about to uh, experience something. You're about to have a breakthrough. And somehow subconsciously you're, you know that, and you don't really want to, go there because you have this limiting belief. You have these limiting beliefs that are going to have to go. And your ego, your ego's job is to protect you from from too much growth. Your ego's job is to protect itself, really. And to make sure that it still has a job. And so what happens is that your ego creates these these catastrophes, these problems that you need to address, these fires that you need to put out in order to distract you from the bigger issue, the bigger blessing, the bigger positive energy that really the universe, God, life, you know, people are ready to give to you. And so you're busy putting out these fires, meanwhile, missing the opportunities that are right ahead of you that you want. You want those opportunities. You want to grow. You want to be in the zone of genius. You want abundance. You want wealth. You want health. You want, you want uh, good feelings. You want um, good things for your family. You want good things for yourself. You want good things for the world. And yet, you distract yourself from those things. But if you would expand instead of to contract under that pain, under those fires, is likely a bigger message a more significant message. Um, all right. He goes on to talk about morality. He talks about integrity. He says, uh, an integrity, let's not think about integrity as a morality issue. Morality, he says about is or isn't, you know, is this right? Is this wrong? Is this moral? He says, physics, on the other hand, is about did and didn't. And he talks about integrity. I think he talks about, uh, I might be getting it mixed up. I haven't, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that I've heard about integrity. So I might be getting him confused with other people. But integrity, if you think about integrity, it's about being a whole person. It's about being whole. So think about a hull of a ship, right? If it's in, in integrity, then it's a whole hull. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's, it's a whole hull which has no holes <laughs> okay stay with me it's it's getting late i'm getting tired I'm, uh, um it's it's a whole hull right if it's out of integrity then the hull is apart and what's going to happen the water's going to get in so think of it as an uh an integrity issue rather than a morality issue is your integrity intact 
is it whole? It's about did or didn't. It's not about is or isn't. It's about is it intact or isn't it in or it did it did it break or didn't it break? It's about whether it's true or false. And a lot of us we like to dance the line between true and false. We're like, well, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe not. We don't want to. We don't want to address true or false. If I say to you, "Did you lose twenty pounds when you said you wanted to?" You're like, "Well, I lost some weight." Um, or did you go to the the gym every day, like you said you wanted to? Well, you know, I, I went three of the five days, and and we dance around that idea of did you or didn't you? I was listening. I was reading. I was reading this really interesting book. Uh, it's called the Warrior Book. Um, and it's by a group. Well, it's by a guy, uh, Garrett White, Garrett J. White. And he wrote the Warrior Book. And he talks about having impossible goals. And by impossible goals, he means um, in order to achieve these goals, you need to become a different person. And it's really good. It's really inspiring. It's really, uh, it's, it's made me think a lot. It's made me grow a lot. And, but he says, you know, along achieving those impossible goals you need to have milestones you need to have checkpoints where you have set yourself some action steps which are not about hey did i want to do this which are not about hey you know this would be a good idea but they are about did i do it or not and if you didn't do it then say no and that and we have a real problem with that we have a real problem with saying nope i didn't do it because we want to feel guilty or we want to excuse ourselves, or we want to have a, some kind of an excuse. But yes or no, did or didn't, that's, that's integrity. It's not about, is this right or is it wrong? That's morality. But it's about, did you do it or didn't you do it? So, I mean, you could bring morality into it if you want. Um, if you're talking about like something that's wrong, <laughs> if you're talking about cheating on your spouse, did you do it or didn't you do it, right? Um, but that's not all that integrity is integrity is is about saying yes and doing it it's about or or not doing it it's not about should i or shouldn't i it's about did you or didn't you all right so uh he says look at the subtle ways you lie to yourself when you hide feelings inside yourself you start to see them in other people all right so uh i think he's going back into sort of some Gay Hendricks does seem to sort of wander a little bit. He says, you know, there are these four signs of of uh, upper limit behaviors that you have. And then he kind of lists two and then he says, and then another one is this. And then he doesn't really get around to the fourth one. So it's not really clear what he's going to. And then he come, kind of addresses a topic and then he says a few other things and he kind of comes back to the topic. So I think he's getting back to uh, conflicts. And he says, look at the subtle lies you you." or subtle ways you lie to yourself. And when you hide feelings inside yourself, you start to see them in other people. So if you look at, um, if you look at lies, if you look at lies as integrity breaches, you hide them inside yourself because you don't really want to address the fact that you lied to yourself. But then you start seeing those things in other people. Because, I mean, if, if somebody said to you, yellow Corvette, what are you going to see on the road in the next week? You're going to see a yellow Corvette. Would you have noticed that yellow Corvette if somebody hadn't said yellow Corvette to you? Probably not. Pro- absolutely not. 
But because somebody said you're a yellow Corvette, you're looking for that. So when you lie to yourself, you might not want to address it. You might not want to look at it in yourself, but you will see it in other people, right? And it's not just lying to yourself. It's about all kinds of issues that you, you face with yourself. But when you hide feelings inside yourself, you start to see them in other people. It's called projection and you hate it when you see in other people because it just reminds you of the thing that you're trying to avoid in yourself. When you feel emotions you can't manage, you try to manage the emotions in others. And that's when relationships break down. When you try to control others because you can't handle the emotions yourself, that's when relationships break down. And that's when you you start to see... Um, that's, that's how, that's one of the ways you break the flow of positive energy. So discovering your story is your first step to wholeness. So you need to be honest with yourself. You need to say, who am I? What have I done that's out of integrity with what I've said that I am? What have I done that's out of integrity with who I want to be? So here are some, some questions. Where do I feel out of integrity with myself? What is keeping me from feeling whole and complete, integral? What important feelings am I not letting into my awareness? What important feelings am I not letting into my awareness? Am I sad about something that I'm just denying? Am I angry about something and, I'm, and I feel like anger is a negative emotion, so I don't want to feel angry, so I'm not feeling angry, but I'm actually angry? What important feelings am I not letting into my awareness? Am I happy, but I think that being happy is weird, so I'm not letting myself feel happy? What important feelings am I not letting into my awareness? Where in my life am I not telling the full truth? Where in my life have I not kept my promises? Yes or no. It's not about should or shouldn't. It's not like, did you go to the gym five days this week because you said that you would? Uh, well, I should. No, it's yes, did you? Or no, did you not? In my relationships, what do I need to do or say to feel completely whole? So a lot of times in our relationships, we let things go unsaid because we don't want to offend the other person. We don't want to start an argument. We don't want to start a fight. We don't want to um, be out of sync with our partner or with uh, our children, or with our colleagues, or with our friends. But sometimes there's things that need to be said. Sometimes there are things that we need to be honest about, that we need to come clean about, or that we just need to address. You know, it's not, it's not always, oh, just so you know, I did this. It's not always just like a uh, confession. It's sometimes, um, well, a confession in other ways. <laughs> I confess it bugs me when you do this, you know? Um, so in my relationships, what do I need to do or say to feel completely whole? We're born into stories that keep us from accessing our genius. They're like the water in which we swim. So he talks about, um, he talks about the stories that we're born into, the stories that we hear our whole lives that keep us from accessing our genius families are notorious for trying to protect us by telling us stories, giving us uh, folk tales of why we shouldn't reach for the stars, why we shouldn't try to um, 
try to capture those those stories. And I remember um, growing up, I heard all kinds of stories from from my family about the dangers of being a dreamer, about the dangers of trying to follow your dreams, about the dangers of um, letting go of letting go too far of responsibility. And those stories were meant to teach me to stay in my lane, to stay, to, to keep busy, to, um, to be responsible, to be, to not dream too much, to not let myself be taken, carried away by my dreams. And I mean, they were well-intentioned. They were very well-intentioned, but it created this dichotomy in me where I'm like, well, you know, I do have these dreams. I am a dreamer. Is that bad? Am I bad for being a dreamer? Am I bad for having thoughts and dreams that I could go beyond where my parents are at, where my family is at? Is that a bad thing? Is it, is it a bad thing to think that these rules and, and uh, society's um, constraints are constraining me and that I want to break free from that? Is that, a, is that really a bad thing? But it's like the water that we swim in. We think that it's normal to be put in our place. We think it's normal to be um, told not to go too far out. It's the water that we swim in and we normalize it because that's just what we've grown up in. Whatever your story is, the first task is to find out if the next, sorry, the first task is to find it. And the next task is to lose your fascination with it. So whatever your story is, whatever that water is in which you're swimming, whatever that story that you've been told that you're telling yourself still, the first task is to identify it, to say, okay, here's the story. Now, do I need to keep that story? Do I need to keep rehearsing that story and keep living that story? Because that's what happens. When we're told stories as we're growing up, like old, old Aunt Cecile went crazy because she decided that she was going to abandon um, reality for a fictional world or a poetry world or something like that. So, so that's a morality tale for you. Don't don't get too too involved in your fantasies, or don't get too involved in poetry, or don't get you know because you might go crazy like old Anne Cecile. Well, okay, is that's a story? That's a story that you were told as a morality lesson. That's what you grew up into. That's what you're you're cautious of. That's the story that you are living now. Identify it and ask yourself: Do I need to continue living this story? Lose your fascination with it. Lose the sense of awe and wonder and grandeur about it. Just realize that it's just, it's just a story. It's just a story. It might be a fun story, but it's just a story. Become fascinated with finding your genius. Become fascinated with discovering who you were made to be. Become fascinated with your own story. The story that you are writing for yourself. So this is, these are the things that he says to do. He says, adopt an attitude of wonder instead of blame. So when you, when you look at yourself, people are so hard on themselves. People are often so hard on themselves. And as much as we criticize other people, we already talked about this. As much as we criticize other people, we love ourselves just as much as we love others. And we go, oh, I'm such an idiot. Oh, I can't believe I did that again. And instead of blaming yourself for the story that you're living right now, Instead of blaming yourself for the story that you're living right now, adopt an attitude of wonder. So instead of going, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have made that mistake 10 years ago. Look where it's led me. Instead of doing that, adopt an attitude of wonder. Go, hmm, 
I wonder what would have happened if I'd made a different choice. I wonder what would happen if I make a different choice now. Instead of blame, adopt an attitude of wonder. Second, adopt a playful attitude about yourself and your shortcoming. So he talks about, uh, he says, you know, these upper limit problems. Uh, his his class or his uh, students or a group that he was mentoring came up with uh, the acronym for upper limit problem, ULP, ULP, you know. Uh, in comic books, you, you hear the hero go ULP. Um, and, and they just made this sort of acronym up and that's what they kind of laughed at. You know, I had an upper limit problem. I had another ulp. <laughs> uh, adopt a playful attitude. Have fun with your your life. It's not the end of the world when you catch yourself having an upper, upper limit problem. It's not the end of the world. The, the good thing is that you caught yourself and then you can make a, a change about it. But don't beat yourself up. Adopt a playful attitude about it. Make a list of your upper limit behaviors. So say, okay, so what are my upper limit behaviors? What happens when I feel so much happiness and so much goodness that I can't stand it? Whether it's like an immense amount or just a little bit, just a little amount. What happens when I stop criticizing and and blaming? What happens when I stop getting sick? What happens when, um, what happens when I allow other people to, to compliment me? What happens there's something on the tip of my tongue that I'm not saying. What happens when I stop being negative about things? What do I do? How do I stop that flow of energy when I stop being negative about things? So identify those behaviors that you have. You know, what happens? I get a headache. Okay, well, there's an upper limit behavior. There's my upper limit behavior. Either I am criti- critical of others or I get a headache. Or when I feel good about myself, uh, my relationship with my brother goes down the tube. And I felt this when I was growing up. I was like, uh, I wanted to be a spiritual kid. I wanted to be um, close to God. But whenever I felt close to God, close to the Holy Spirit, my relationship with my brother went to the crapper. And I often wondered why. I'm like, it's like I have to choose between a relationship with God or a relationship with my brother. And I'm like, I don't want to choose that. I'll choose God, but I don't want to choose that. But the fact is, is that it was an upper limit problem. It's like, I feel so good about my relationship with God right now. Things can't possibly this be this good. I'm going to sabotage my relationship with my brother. That's what was happening. That was my behavior. And you know what? I'm going to have to, to discover that a little bit more and see if that's still happening in my relationships with others. When I feel close to God, if I sabotage my relationships with others. Because that probably carries on. It's just my revelation right now. (laughs) When you notice yourself behaving in one of these ways, shift your attention toward love, abundance, and success. Instead of shrinking, grow. Instead of shrinking, expand. Expand your awareness. Expand your love. Expand your success. And go, I'm going to get beyond this because there's something else lurking beyond this, uh, this sabotage, these fires that I'm trying to put out. Embrace a new story that tells about your new adventures in your zone of genius. Embrace a new story. You don't have to live your old story. You don't have to continue to relive the past or these past stories that have been passed down to you. You can tell yourself a new story. All right, so that's chapter three. Glad that you stuck with me through that. It was a long one, but I'm glad that we got through it. And uh, next week or next uh, episode, I think I'm going to play a... um, a face Facebook video. What do you call those? <laughs> a Facebook video. I don't know. Um, that I recorded. 
uh, a Facebook Live, thank you. A Facebook Live that I recorded, I thank myself. Um, a Facebook Live that I recorded a number of months ago that has to do with money. So if you want to talk about or if you want to listen about or if you want to interact about a money mindset, then uh, listen to the next episode and hopefully hopefully it can generate some conversation, discussion. I'd love to hear back from you. So you can go to that anchor.fm backslash semphealth and, uh, and you can talk to me there. Or you can send me an email at chateddy.com. For now, uh, that'll do it. Talk to you later.